welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to discuss a uh, a big win in front of a big crowd at Highmark Stadium, I got Yak and Storino. Yak, what's good, my man? Yost, I'm extremely well hydrated after a up-and-down Saturday night. I'm happy to be back and full of pee again. What uh, what was your 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 uh, beverage of uh, hydration choice? I literally meant hydration. I, water. Oh, that wasn't code for anything else. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm I, I'm surprised by this maturity level. But uh, yeah, uh, and also join us is Storino. Storino, how's your uh, how's your water intake the last couple of days? Water intake was good, man. Water intake was good. Not How, monitoring my uh, levels, but uh, definitely needed some to recover from Saturday night. How was your alcohol intake on Saturday? I was feeling pretty good. Nice. Uh, yeah. Banged the drum a little bit. Tried getting the megaphone off of Jordan at one time. Uh, yeah. Did you get yeah, the megaphone off good. of Jordan at one point? Nah, nah. I just kind of joked with him that I was taking it, but uh, I let him win intentionally because it was probably for the better. Yes. Most likely that's the case. So, gentlemen, uh, as I mentioned on the stop there, big headline from this week, Hounds win 4-0 over Hotlanta 2, featuring Robbie Mertz, with 5,202 people through the turnstile. Uh, a lot to take away from that win, from that whole night. Uh, let's just kick it right off. Uh, the starting line for the Hounds uh, this past Saturday White, back between the sticks, which I think was a little bit of a surprise, but we'll get into him later. Uh, Peters, Williams, and Wheat. Dixon, Rivera, Griffin, and Dos Santos. Uh, Dos Santos kind of bumping up into the midfield. It was not the first time he's done that. And up top, you had uh, Forbes, Kelly, and Argudo. Yak, we'll start with you. What were your uh, thoughts when you saw that lineup? Uh, they, they're really getting fond of putting Dos Santos on the left there, and which means that they also really like having Rovira in the center. That's pretty cool to see him kind of develop, and he's kind of sitting really nicely with everybody in that midfield with uh, with Forbes and Argudo and Griffin. they they got to have so much fun just bouncing the ball back and forth. They're so good at doing all of that. They're, it's a very deadly midfield. That's what I'm seeing from that lineup. And Storino, when that the uh, this lineup comes out about fourteen or about forty five minutes for the game kicks off, are you at a point now that basically any eleven names could be on that on that uh, graphic, and you're not going to be surprised at this point, just with how much chopping and changing and and Lily doing Lily stuff has has happened so far through these first eight matches? Yeah, this lineup. Uh, I mean, for the most part. Um... All the players out there were to be expected. I mean, realistically, I think Bob just puts a bunch of names in the hat and says, hey, this is your week, you're playing. And almost to some degree, he shuffles the duck enough that some guys don't even play in their same position week that week after week, it seems. But uh, they always find a way to win. Yeah, it's getting to the point now where even if you get in the... I know there's some people online who, who love to complain about this, but... You're just getting eleven names in, you know, top the bottom order. So you, you don't actually have an idea of what formation they're going with anymore. And so now, it, not only are you just getting eleven names that you may not be expecting, you still don't know what the hell 
it's going to look like and where people exactly are going to be playing until you get a few minutes into the match. Uh, Yak, you kind of touched on uh, on some of the things that are going on now and, and how this midfield is shaping up. Uh, do you think we're finding a preferred formation for uh, for the Hounds in 2022, or is are we still just doing a what is best to do against a certain opponent? When they have basically their entire eleven or whoever the hell they want to choose from, it's it's been this uh, like three in the back, two wing backs who basically have as much leeway to go all the way into the box as possible. Um, Midfield is all over the place. It's just based on fluidity. And then depending on who starts, either one poacher up top or two forwards on top of each other or something like that. But it's that's that's been the basis. Trying to trying to get as many people up and keep just three defenders back and have the midfielder just kicking the ball all over the place. And it's been working a lot for you know for the most part. I noticed, and we'll get to the the Hounds goal. So, I mean, it's probably silly of me to start with, with maybe some some negatives. But there was definitely moments that Atlanta could have could have found the back of the net. They found a little of open space. Uh, one was on a set piece, the other just a nice little through ball. So the formation does allow for these moments for the opposition to cut through if if they do. Uh, a couple nice passes and string stuff up together, or of course get a set piece. But it seemed a, a, like a lot for Atlanta was just the, the final touch uh, up top uh, in the box just wasn't there, and the Hounds probably got lucky for that. Do do you think the scoreline was excessively generous to the Hounds, uh, Storino? Was it was four nothing fair, or do you think uh, there may was a little bit of luck on the uh, on the Hound side that night? I think it was fair. I mean, honestly, I think there was a, another point in the game where we actually put another one in, if I remember correctly. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, wouldn't have surprised me if Atlanta put one in. Or maybe the game ended in, as a 5-1 versus a 4-0, but I think the, the Hounds were clearly the dominant team. Yeah, do you agree with that idea? I mean, clear, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that the Hounds were definitely uh, the better of the two teams. Was 4 nothing maybe a little too... Uh, too generous to the hounds or was that just about right the difference i think is about right atlanta is unlucky to not get one there were two winces back to back where it seemed like it was one of those shots where it was harder to miss the net than to hit it but they somehow managed to do it um but there were a couple great chances that the hounds could have padded for quite easily um forbes had a couple breakaways had a couple really clean looks of uh, Shosh just outside the box. Um, White Borso had a good look at the net. Danny Griffin had a good look at the net. None of these goals, none of these were goals, and this is on top of the four they already got. It could have been six kind of easily. Could have had the Chili goal, get that cross off the list this, this year. If they were batting a 1,000, Chili would have been in play. <sighs> That's always nice to hear. But there was four goals for the Hounds. Most of, of the of the. The pretty virgin on sexy variety, uh, Starino. What uh, I mean, if you had the the pick of the four, which one stuck out to you as the most memorable? To be honest, I don't know that I remember any, any given one. <laughs> Al- alcohol in alcohol intake. 
Yeah, I'll be honest. I was having a blast at the game. I took my mom and my sister to their first. Well, my mom's first, my sister's second, and I just was having a blast. Ooh, uh, sit on those thoughts for when we talk say. about that. Yeah, find out what their thoughts were. Yak, what yeah. um, what are your thoughts on on the goals um, in terms of sexiness levels? Uh, the sexiest goal was Dane Kelly's first goal. Uh, just absolute no doubter rips the ball on a, on a kind of an ugly hop. He had no fear of missing the net, skying the net, going wide, nothing. He just somehow has, he's so confident he could shoot the ball as hard as he can and roof it. And he just has that much confidence. He's going to place it right where he wants to. That's just unstoppable. There's no precision kicking and hoping he just misses the keeper. No, he's going to freaking smash the ball. Perfect shot. I yeah, love it. Dude's a weapon. One of the air goals we had, and I, I say it's only because I think every time this happens, and I hope it happens a lot, obviously, is we've had now our second instance of the USL's all-time assist leader setting up the all-time, USL's all-time goal scorer. When you get uh, Forbes uh, connecting with uh, with Dan Kelly. It, is that just a lot of fun? Just to think of where this team was a couple years ago and where they're at now that one, this team has those two pieces and that those two pieces are still producing in such a way that we can have these moments. I mean, right now that's two in, so we're, we're averaging one of these, uh, including the, the cup games, we're averaging a a Forbes to Dane Kelly goal every four and a half matches. So, I mean, tease that out. We're, we're looking, doing this, what, seven, eight more times? embarrassment of riches it's unbelievable the roster we put together it it's amazing really i think it's more than two truthfully i i, I thought it was three at this point was it three i thought it was three as well Ooh, in that case it's even better I'm, i might be uh slipping on on forgetting one but uh, as it is uh i'm going to enjoy them every time that every time it happens just as, you know not that goals aren't sweet but to make them even sweeter is is known if we're getting uh, the King Kenny Dane, um, or King Kenny, the King Kenny Dane Kelly. That's not quite a rhyme, but it's close enough that I'll I'll roll with it. Try to work it into something. King Kenny Dane Kelly connection. It's a hell of a connection, right? Now the other thing I pulled out from this this game, and it is on the opposite side of the scoring. It's back between the sticks. Uh, is there a potential we have a bit of a, a goalkeeping controversy now in the Hounds? We, we've we had now three keepers all playing league matches, not just cup matches, but now three keepers in league matches. Uh, each keeper now has at least one league clean sheet, and I think at this point it's almost impossible to know where, where Bob's head, head is at. Is there Do we have the potential for a, a goalkeeping controversy, at least in the minds of of fans and supporters, Storino, is this something we have to be worried about, or do do you have you know, a it's, do you have a depth chart in your head? I mean, I wouldn't say even it's a worry because anyone you put out there, I mean, you got a lot of confidence in the guys. I think I think it's kind of looking like previous seasons, past seasons, where Bob starts out with one guy, plays him for a bit, puts in another guy, sees that his gloves are hot, and keeps rolling with them. So. I don't see Jamali getting out of net anytime soon, to be honest with you. I think he gets the next couple starts unless there's a bad 
you know, tough loss in there somewhere, maybe switch it up to Silver or Vosvik, but uh, I think you keep rolling with Jamali. And but, dude's on fire. But Vosvik goes from he goes from two games, two starts, two wins, and then isn't seen from a, he hasn't even made the bench. And you know, the the injury report is supposedly, you know, blank. Uh, do we need to start looking to have like a like a proof of life from from Connor Vosvik at this point, or is it just something else? Uh, Yak, what does your your goalkeeping Chase Vosvik? What was your um, your goalkeeping depth chart looking like now after we've seen all three keepers? I don't know what to make of of it all. Just that I mean, Vosvik has not seen the eighteen in six games now. I thought he was my he was my number one out of two, admittedly, in preseason camp, with my relatively untrained eye. Uh, so me being wrong a little bit is you know that happens all the time. But for him to not even be sniffing the field anymore, I I, I don't know. They're probably going to ride white as long as they can because or wait is it wait or white? I think it's wait. I've never actually. I think the only time we've ever heard someone say it is the PA announcer before the game, and we're all too loud to actually hear the pronunciation. But I think it's wait. They're gonna they're gonna ride wait as long as he is the hot glove, and what do they make make of that between him and Silva? I I don't know. Now, Jamali had a nice, some really nice distribution. Actually, hit someone. Oh, basically, kind of dropped a diamond right on him. Um, which it was is, so it, pretty from behind the net, and it was, <laughs> and it's still kind of the one thing people have been been ragging Silva on is is the distribution's been a bit poor. Clearly, all all three have have shown the ability to make the big save, the the above average goal saving save. Um, knowing what we know about Bob and what he's looking for in keepers, is there a chance that uh, this was just a, a a case of he need more reps in in training before he could be kind of being installed as number one, or d- has Silva or Vosvik done something to to take themselves out of contention? It's just such a, a weird thing to me that he's he's basically evenly used not just two keepers but now all three, and it's it's just almost up in the air as to which way this is going to go. Uh, yes, yeah, Dorino, what? Do you think Bob has a a preferred guy, or was this just waiting this waiting for the the third the third keeper signed to to be fit and ready for continuous action? I think that's exactly what it is because Silva and Vosvik were still two fresh out of college guys with you know no professional time yet, and I think uh, Bob just wanted to get that one anchor, one guy that he could maybe count on, and uh, Jamali get him some reps in. Get him out there and you know hope he performs, which he is. And again, just continue to ride him out until something happens. And I'll He's I'll finish it on this one for you, Yak. Is it Jamali Waits' job to lose at this point, or is is it potentially just still more rotation? I think it's it's still a little bit of a feeling out process. You don't fully know what you have until they see real game action. So it's going to take a couple games, I think, more. Even if Jamali waits, uh, 
his little hot streak falls off a little bit, it's still going to take a little bit of feeling out period for Bob to really decide, okay, which guy do I really like back here? Interesting. The other part that I want to take away from this game is, was this like the perfect solution for a, after a bad week, going to Las Vegas, losing one nil in a converted baseball stadium with no atmosphere then having to play a full 120 minutes on Tuesday, dropping a 2-0 loss in the cup to Cincy, despite playing well a couple, maybe a questionable call or two, and next thing you know, you're you're bounced from the cup uh, on Tuesday. Not just the scoreline of 4-0, but Dorino, how big was just this overall performance in terms of bouncing back from that week? I think it was a perfect game. I mean, the actual schedule couldn't have fell um, the way it did any better for us to have a good bounce back week after the, you know, rough road trips we had last week. I mean, Vegas was just a very tough loss. Um, Seemed like that was a game going into it that should have been, you know, at least a draw on the road. You you maybe don't expect the win on the road, but at least a draw and come away with a loss that was rough since he, like you said, we had a good performance. You know, we, we kept up with game pace. You know, the guys played well, but uh, just couldn't pull through and actually get the win, which really bums me out. I wanted to see them knock Cincy out of the cup for sure, but that didn't happen. So, you know, having Hotlanta too, you know, on the heels of those two games was just kind of the, the, the icing on the cake for these guys to bounce back mentally and, you know, get ready for Louisville this upcoming week. Yak, you're out there in, in Vegas with me. You saw that performance, which on this podcast last week, I, I think I described as, as flat, lifeless, and uninspiring. And I'm I'm pretty sure you had the same thoughts of it. Feel free to correct me if, if uh, I misrepresent you. But what would your takeaway be from seeing that performance in Vegas to a much more inspired showing a week later back in Pittsburgh? Put it simply, they were probably very pissed off. Uh, you have to remember, flying out out west when when you're like a lower division team like this is never going to be easy, and it's going to be tricky to have like be on point in Vegas. But yeah, they did look flat, and couple that with the rough trip home and the uh, the hard night in Cincinnati, I had like so little doubt in my mind going up into the days before this game against Atlanta that they were going to beat the shit out of them and just take take up a lot of frustration on this two team that seems to be completely feckless and that's what they did. Yeah, I, there's never a bad time to face a, a two team especially at home. Bob's record against the two teams at home is pretty solid um especially in the last in the last couple of years. But if as you said Sterino, if there was a perfect time to get that that game scheduled uh Following the following the third round of the Open Cup is probably the uh, the most prime time to have that uh, have that on your fixture list because it was a really was a, a beautiful bounce back showing, and now that the club is looking at a, a strain of uh, just Saturdays, um, very few multi week uh, multi week or multi match games in a week coming up. So back on this this one game every seven days stretch. Do you think now that we're past the 
two matches in a week that we're going to see a more settled 11? Or is Bob just going to keep throwing that stuff for, you know, throwing it to the wall and seeing uh, what the hell works? Uh, yeah, you think we're going to see something more stable or just Bob throwing it into a, into a kettle and seeing what, it, uh, what pops out? Uh, a hat with a bunch of names in it. And at this point, there's more people that Bob is comfortable putting in the starting 11 than there are spots. So you're just going to see general squad rotation a lot. And that's fine because he thinks there are more than 11 great guys that can go get a win any given week. Starina, you agree with that? Names in a hat 100%. or something? More? Yeah, you're still with the names in a hat? Yeah, I, I would say names in a hat to a certain degree. I mean, Bob's still definitely... I wouldn't say plays to his opponent. The only thing he can tweak really here or there is just a little more aggressive on the defense, a little more aggressive on the offense. But, yeah, for the most part, names in a hat. I mean, you might switch out a couple of the, the midfielders for somebody a little more defensive versus a little more attacking. Other than that, I mean, names in a hat is the way to go, it seems, going forward. Louisville, I think we're going to come out strong, probably go more so on the offensive and just try to kick their ass. <laughs> Beautiful. In Dane Kelly had a pair of goals, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sits to start against Louisville. He took, he had two knocks during the game as well. There's a chance that he, for just for an example, him, he might sit just to start. But you're bringing Cicerone off the bench. I mean, it's that's a that's you know that's an easy trade out. But right. Dane Kelly is just, I mean, dude's a machine. <laughs> Do are have we gotten to the point where we're getting the Cicerone off the Schneid? Is is he is that past him now, or do we think uh, he needs a little more of a little more of a confidence boost, like another an, another goal in addition to whatever he has to get that back on track? Or again, is it just a matter of what he's being asked to do this season? Yak. It's going to help his. It's absolutely going to help his mental state if if he was having doubts. But in my opinion, Cicero has been playing excellent this entire season. He just plays a different position. But there's nothing wrong with getting an extra goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, from our from my vantage point, where I was sitting in the stands, I saw Cicero take the feed from Forbes, and there wasn't a single doubt that he was scoring. Somehow, I just knew that he was going to finish that goal every day of the week. Storino, you're a, you're a big uh, Cicerone honk. Um, is this the the start of, start of a not saying a turnaround, but a a little more ink on the stat sheet or on the goal sheet for um, for Cicerone going forward? I hope so. Yeah, going back to your question before, outside of the fact that I was fairly intoxicated at the game, I do remember Cicerone scoring, and uh, I mean that definitely put a smile on my face to see him back on the score sheet. Bummed me out after the fact that here that uh, he got rid of his mustache. I was digging that, but uh, hey, maybe that's what he needed to do. Get Is that rid the, of the, uh, the yeah, so he... shave off the stash, get a goal. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of them things. Maybe he had to switch something up, and that was the magic that did it. So yeah, no the guy loves the pizza. He loves the pasta. That's fucking magic. I fucking love the guy. Beautiful. I think he's great. Now the other half of this game, in addition to the four nil, the other big number was. 5,202. Seemingly out of nowhere, Highmark Stadium was packed for an April game. Normally it takes the home opener, and the last few years that's not even been a thing. Fourth of July has always been a reliable, big-selling game. Uh, no Fourth of July game this year, and then it's the playoff games. 
how and I to be uh, upright, I was up uh, up front here. I was not at the game. I had prior commitments, so I could not make it. But you start seeing the the Ticketmaster map get all grayed out, and you're going, "Oh shit! This um, they've either you know blocked a lot of tickets off, or or this place is going to be packed." And it turned out to be absolutely packed. Steve, what um, what did you take from from five thousand plus at the uh, at the game on Saturday? What uh, positives, negatives? What what are your takeaways from just just the size of that crowd? I will say, I mean, I know, I know we've talked in the past. I mean, we don't is that is that number, you know, actual asses through the gate, or is that just strictly ticket sales? I mean, if that's strictly ticket sales, I'm con- I'm convinced asses. I'm convinced it's that the hounds do bodies through the, through the door. It, and if they be- do, yeah, I mean that that seems like a very true number. Um, I mean, it, that it, it was a packed house. I mean, that extra two added on at the <laughs> 5202, that was definitely my mom and my sister. Like I said before, my mom coming out to her first game. I'm not going to lie. I told her right from the beginning, we're playing a two-team. There's probably going to be about 20 of us weirdos just jumping and dancing around and you know lighting up smoke bombs when we score. I said it might not be your, the best game for you to go to as your first one, but it'll be a fun fun time regardless. She was absolutely blown away. She had a blast. Yeah, I, I, and you said your sister went as well, but that's not her first game, was it? No, my sister went. She's only this is only her second game. I don't remember what game she went to before. She is now. She she's fallen in love. She's convinced that uh, she may buy season tickets. She's a full blown Steel Army member. My mom actually debated on buying Steel Army stuff, but ended up, I guess, not. I thought she did. She absolutely loves that whole atmosphere in the parking lot. My mom was ripping jello shots with me. Nice. <laughs> she was in Thunderstruck. She got hit with th- <laughs> one of the Thunderfucks. She got th- your mom got was- Thunderfucked? Yeah. Oh. I tried having her tag me in, but she didn't want to. She took it. Nice. That's yeah. that's impressive. So. That's the good stuff. Yeah, she had a blast. She really did. Uh Yak, what are your thoughts on, on fifty two plus two? Uh, for an April game. You said it, it came out of nowhere. I have no idea where this came from. Uh, I know they had... They, they, they like seemed to be generous with the amount of people who won the sweepstakes, and were like, but that was only two tickets for each win, and there couldn't have been that many people who got it. They had a BOGO deal a couple weeks ago, but like I, I was not expecting this at all. And I wondered if Ticketmaster was just kind of grayed out, like unnecessarily before the game because i saw that too and then i i show up to the parking lot at tailgate like 4 30 and there are like way more cars there than normal already and then i kind of got the feeling like this place might be a little bit packed tonight um i don't know if they do butts in seats or if it's just or if it's tickets distributed i don't think it was that much of a difference like like the place was full the the steel army section was bursting at the seams the uh the the riverside had a lot of people in it for once uh the grandstands were there were very few empty seats in the grandstands like it was it that was a legit number yeah 100 agree yeah i know i know a couple of years ago they were definitely doing something other than than bodies through the gate because you would see the attendance numbers and then you'd see the number of people you you'd see how many people were there and then see the attendance number the next day 
and it was it wasn't even close. Even if, even if you're a bad guesstimator on on attendance, you would know that that number was not legit. Just like when we went up to Detroit, you saw me people were there, and you saw the whatever it was the forty four hundred they had on the the attendance. You go, there's no way. Just like when we went to Vegas, we saw how many people were in Vegas, and you saw there, the there was not four thousand people there. No. There was not four thousand, you know. And there were, for a long time, the Hounds were definitely of that same boat that it was tickets sold plus distributed or whatever. And then the last, I want to say, starting in maybe in nineteen, the numbers got smaller. Like the attendance numbers went down, but it, it I think it was a better reflection of how many people were actually in there. So I, they almost certainly changed how they calculate attendance at Highmark Stadium. And I like the idea that if it is, in fact, you know, bodies through the gate, that they're showing a more a more honest number of, of how many people were there, not just how many tickets were sold or given away. But my thought is, even if they, they gave away a bunch of tickets through that, that sweepstakes and they gave a bunch of people a pair of tickets each, even if... And I can't imagine they sold that many of those BOGO deals. But even if they did, they sold, you know... So there was a lot of tickets, in theory, for that, that BOGO deal. Just the concept of, hey, let's let's do what we can to pack the house for potential first-timers against the two-team where you're feeling fairly confident that the Hounds will have a good showing. That's almost better marketing than anything else you're going to do because you're... That, you know, that ticket is going to make, you know, well, again, they popped in four. The place is, is packed. You're giving people a good experience. Um, and if it's their first time, they don't realize it's, it's against a, a shit two team. That just exactly the home team scored a lot and it was crazy. Was there any drawbacks to the size of that crowd? Um, thinking of concessions or the bathroom lines or getting people in and out of the of the gates. Were they actually prepared to, to host that many people at one time? I have a lot of thoughts. So, Storino, if you want to go first. I mean, I only used the bathroom once, and I did not get a beverage at any point. Uh, Logan grabbed one for me. He seemed to disappear for quite some time. But I think he might have also taken a pee break, so it's hard for me to really judge. Um, I can't say, however, whenever I went to the bathroom, the line was outrageous for the concessions. You know what, a, so, what would help alleviate that line? I do. That? Pisser under the section. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just wanted to hear you say it. Damn right. I was hoping you'd let me say it. Yeah, can you mm-hmm. say you have thoughts? Let's hear them. So... Like moments before we went live, like the Discord was going a little bit buzzy about the survey that they sent out. I think because they're concerned with people's thoughts, especially a lot of first timers seeing these potentially long ass lines. I don't think there's any issue getting into the door. Um, yeah, that I can agree with. I'll agree with that. I got in I really, know, fun, really good. I got severely dehydrated in the second half, so I needed to go get some some Powerade or something in the, in the second half. And the line underneath the concession stand was comically long for a while. And then the second time I tried to go get more, I turned the corner and there was nobody at the concession stand underneath like the second grandstand section for some reason. It, it was it was hilarious to see a thousand people trying to get a pretzel 
And then this other one has like, I walked to the front. It was weird. Um, I had to, uh, because I couldn't remember a lot of the game. I had, I rewatched a lot of it. We were really quiet on the broadcast. Like it, like, like shockingly. So, uh, I, I don't I don't remember it being that quiet in the stands, but like I, I don't know how that happened that I, I so rarely did we catch us live on the mic during the game. It was a little bit concerning rewatching it. But are you are you chalking up to you think we were we were being quiet or just microphone placement in, in mix was the culprit? I don't I don't think our placement is great, but I I thought we were quiet because there was it was picking up cars passing by on uh on uh west carson it was picking up there was a much louder din of the grandstands because they were much fuller than normal on the broadcast but like it just wasn't picking up us up much at all uh except for a couple blips and i and it's definitely a mic thing because there are times where we got like exceptionally loud and i've ever heard us on a broadcast but the general noise level was low interesting are we saying we have to have a have to have a uh, a word with Jordan about his capoing? Well, one of the things I, I've come to realize is the back half of our section is uh, isn't very involved. All all of us homies that have been here for like eight years and are on the Discord nine hours a day and stuff, we're all sitting up front. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people who come a lot, but or or maybe this is their first time, or they don't come very often. They all hang up, hang up at the back half, and they don't necessarily know every song we've ever done. And it's a little, it's a little quiet up there. It might be useful to spread us out more. It's not necessarily a fault of Jordan's, although maybe he should use the. We we got to make sure the megaphone is operational and working a lot, for sure. I think we need to go to the uh, the old like. 1950s cheerleader, just big conical, old fashioned. Let's go hounds. Oh, that. Oh, like the. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the cone. Yeah, give give up on technology. Just just go with the old fashioned cone. And go with technology and scan the QR code on the back of your membership card. Learn the chance. Ooh, that. Too. I don't think people see that. <laughs> I wonder how much. That, we... I wonder how often that actually gets scanned in a in a game. I don't. Even, could we get? Do we ask Vesti what the if like if they could see numbers of when that page is loaded and uh, like per day or something like that? Maybe. Is there a big spike on that? Like on game days. Things maybe we have to ask. I'm to ask it. Yes, and by it we mean Vesti. Vesti. Yeah. Vesti. <laughs> oh, that's, that was bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts on on the crowd? Uh, I I hope we get more of those like that. Is this like, the, it? Could this be the start of the the hounds turning the corner on this whole attendance thing? Potentially. It very well could it very well could be. Like you said, to you, know, you you missed the game, and I I did notice that too. Just scanning the the crowd, and like uh, Yak said. We were actually missing a decent amount of regulars. I mean, I could probably, and I'm not going to, but I could probably rattle off about 10 to a dozen people that were not there at the game that are regulars. So back to those people in, 
maybe they bring two friends and they bring two friends and so on. I mean, I, it, it, this it was pretty exciting. <laughs> now, my, yeah, my tickets were used, so the ticket did not go to waste. So that was, um, so yeah, someone else was in my, you know, my body was uh, was represented by someone else. Uh, I got to kick on the last ten minutes on. When I got back to my phone, I could watch the last ten minutes live when it was our three nothing. Got to see the fourth goal. I, you get those those panning left to right shots of the game, and all of a sudden, the Paul Chow stand comes into view, and I'm going, and I'm with someone who he can't see my phone, but he he he's also a Hounds fan. He knows the setup, and I'm going, holy shit! There is people top to bottom, <laughs> left to fucking right. The the it was absolutely packed like. I know a lot of times we our section gets packed, but we all get very compacted into one small area, yeah. and you can then you see it thin out as you go up or to the sides. And it's like the whole thing, top to bottom, side to side, is packed. Holy shit! Yeah, and it's April. It was pretty nice for a two team. Our half of the big grandstand was entirely standing too, and you couldn't tell on the right side that they were all sitting because on the broadcast it also looked like they were standing. It just looked. Amazing when it panned into view. I'm not surprised your guy just went holy shit when he saw that. It was amazing. Um, probably not a question I should be asking during the podcast, but f it. Was there a lot of the um, the like the first timer like families and stuff who got the very rude awakening of what what <laughs> what their cheap well like oh you bought the cheapest ticket huh well surprise was there a yeah. lot of that I there wouldn't were... say a lot but yeah we had a bob and we have a bunch of kids with with parents for sure. Anyone complain too loudly? Not that I heard. Good. There were there were three old women who uh, were sitting <laughs> at the first row uh, behind, I think, Liz, uh, yep. before kickoff started. I don't know how long they were there. They left probably about four or five minutes in. They, they probably gave it an honest like three or four minutes effort, and then yeah. they I don't know where they went because the next time I looked, they were gone. Oh. If if those three older ladies are listening, please we'll um, let's buy you a beer at the next game. I'm sure Liz gave him the the heads up though. She's good at that. She did. Yeah, she definitely gave the disclaimer. But just because you get the, the disclaimer doesn't mean you actually believe it until you you see the the silliness unfold. <sighs> no, I really hope it is the the turning point of this attendance slash. Attempt for more attention in the Pittsburgh market. Um, they're winning that, even if it's only five thousand change. If that place is packed every night, it's it it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun, combining some winning and being forced to make new friends because you're getting packed in there a lot. It's it's gonna be some good times. Uh, but looking forward now, the Hounds are going to Louisville. This weekend for a 7.30 start, not 7 o'clock, 7.30 kickoff down Louisville. Um, Louisville also having a very good start to their season. Um, one of the last teams left in the league that does not have a loss. Uh, but they have a bunch of draws, even some a couple ugly draws. 1-1 uh, against Indy, 0-0 um, against Birmingham, although it's not too bad. Uh, this past weekend, they drew 1-1 at Charleston, and Charleston's looking like they're going to be a pretty poor team this year. In the this last round of the Cup, they advanced over St. Louis 2, 
but that was in spot kick, so it's technically a nil-nil draw. Um, and then they have some decent wins, 5-2 at San Diego, um, uh, 2 nothing home against the Miami. Uh, they kicked off the season with kind of a scrappy 1-0 win against uh, who we just played, Atlanta 2. So they're... they're their cold is not too cold, but it's definitely not this just overly dominant team that we've seen out of Louisville sometimes in the past. And when it comes to the regular season, the Hounds have a decent record in Louisville. The playoffs are a different question, but uh, the Hounds hold their own when it comes to regular season games in Louisville. Yak, what are you looking forward to on uh, on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to the game with at least a couple other people, so I genuinely hope to get a chance to heckle Kyle Morton in goal uh, very loudly, very personally. Um, I There are so many players on that freaking team that have been there since like the dawn of time that it, I, I'm tired of seeing their names, and I just hope we just grind them down. It's not going to be an easy game. It, it's going to have to be a grind, I think. There's not going to be a flurry of goals. Uh but man, I would love to come away with that with a win. Uh, you're going down. Who else is going down? Going down with you? It's a sad. I've always won. I've wanted to do this Louisville trip, and this it's going to be a bad weekend for me. But um, for the record, who is all going down or planning on going down uh, for this game? In, in my car is going to be uh, Jesse and Steve. Uh, Steve's cousin Walt, I think, is making the trip. But he is, if he were to, he's planning on driving himself and then overnighting it back and then running the marathon. And unless if he's psychotic, I think he's going to chicken out of that. That's correct. That's absurd. Not me, Steve. Steve Patter. No, we know you're correct. not running marathons, Serena. Yeah, it's not me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Serena, what's your, uh, what are your thoughts heading into this pretty, pretty... I mean, for being in the first 10 games of the year, it's still a pretty big uh, pretty big fixture. What's your, what's your thoughts... Heading into Louisville. Yeah, I agree. It is a big fixture. It's probably, you know, as far as uh, matchups are go, this is probably about as even as we can get skill-wise as, you know, we are. Um, we do have a game in hand at it with them. Um, I think they've played eight to our seven, if I remember correctly. So, Correct. I mean, this will still be kind of a battle for first place. If we come out there with the win, we'll take over first. Even though we still have a game on them, but uh, you're you're speaking yeah. like someone who's looked at the table already, implying you know what the table looks like, yeah. which is a sin. Hey, I mean you're right, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean I need something to reference to record this podcast. So give me a break. <laughs> it's what the stat sheet's but, for, uh, man. Yeah, I know. I I swear by she's a stat sheet, but I also pull a foot mob for other information. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a scrappy game. Um, it's going to be probably a one or two nil or two one win for. I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy to say either side. I obviously want the Hounds to go, but I mean, it's going to be a scrappy game, and it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think we're going to pull through though. Kyle Morton uh, having a hell of a, a start of a year for uh, for Louisville. Uh, either of you guys excited to see uh, to see Morton on the air side of the field this time? Not not the first time that the Hounds have faced off against him since he left, but uh, definitely he's definitely riding high right now and uh, on a, a team that's going to be 
in the hunt for a, for a championship. So you excited to uh, go against them here this weekend? I wouldn't call it excited. What would you call it? Uh, worry. Hmm. He's doing that he well. Huh? The, I mean, he's doing he might well. Be the best goalkeeper. He might be the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a good argument for that. No, he's not. He's, not, like, he's on the it's not like It's not like his presence irritates me because I don't think he, he he doesn't have Pittsburgh any ill will. I think it was like I've I've been Bob's keeper for two years or three years, or whatever. I need a break. And he's also one of the nicest guys that that have come through Pittsburgh, legitimately. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle's a great guy. Yeah, he's solid so. dude. Like, I, there's no ill will towards mm-hmm. towards him. Bum to see him go to Louisville. I mean, that's like you know. At least he didn't go straight there. The Flyers. <laughs> if he went Which straight there from Pittsburgh, it would have been a little different. But there was um, yeah a stop off in he between. Bounced around a little bit. Yeah. Did the the St. Louis thing and then uh, was with Houston, Houston last year. Yeah. Now he's back. Yeah. Did yeah. Houston for a bit. So it it doesn't feel quite as as uh, as stinging as uh, if he went straight from Pittsburgh to Louisville. But yeah, but there was—I mean, there's been a decent amount of turnover in Louisville finally this year. Um, they still have some of their mainstays, but there was a a bit more turnover than most years. So, a couple new names to pick up on. Um, It's—I mean—it's going to be the the match of the week in the in the league for sure. According to Storino, it's it's a battle for first place, but. Um, I guess we'll have to find out in a couple of weeks if that's true or not. <laughs> but any any other thoughts on Louisville before we uh, we head on here to uh, kind of the news recap? I'm not convinced that they're the defensive juggernaut that uh, some of the the main stats on the website suggest. A lot of our defensive stats are a little bit better than theirs. Um, plus, they have a, a bunch of dumb draws. As you mentioned at the top of this segment, uh, I think they're they're available for for a beating here. I, th- I think it's quite possible we could squirt a couple in, but it, I think it's more likely to be close. But they're not like impossible to break through. They're not the immovable object I feared. Any chance Bob goes into this game just looking to to, to grind out that that ugly road draw? I think he stacked. I think the roster stacked enough that it, when they're not playing three games a week, they can uh, they can go for the win every week in week out against anybody home or away. Serena, you think they 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 potentially do this stacking up some defenders and not quite parking the bus, but definitely playing uh, without fear of of just having an ugly nil nil bore fest. I think they're going to squeak by one way or another. I think it's still, like we were saying before, names in a hat for the lineup, but uh, Bob has plenty of you know weapons on the uh, bench that he can adjust if something's going south fast. So we've seen him do it what, two weeks ago whenever he made subs in the 30th minute. If he sees something going going wrong, he'll, he'll adjust accordingly. The thing that I always want to pull from this is going back to 2020 when – the Hounds opened Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville. 
Again, it was a, a pandemic-sized crowd for that game. But it was the opening of that stadium, though delayed. And all I remember from that game was it's like Bob set up his team to be as uninspiring and boring and new devil jerseys-esque in terms of, of I just sucking the life out of that place, which they did for the first half hour. And then when the crowd was out of it, okay, let's turn the switch and see what we can do something. like it. To me, it was almost a, a thoughtful plan of, of drain this place of all its energy and then try to attack as opposed to doing anything early on the game that could get the crowd into it. Maybe I'm looking too much into that game and what I thought, or at least me projecting that philosophy onto onto Bob's game plan. But if something like that happened again, where, again, it's a big game, if they, they lined up with the idea of just make it ugly and boring and and unwatchable and then when the crowd is kind of restless then try to then try to go for it could be a a really fun game plan as a as someone watching uh thinking you know in advance what this might be the might be the the style that they go for is is suck the energy out and then go for it um yak are you prepared to uh to watch an ugly game and then maybe turn around at the end if it takes three points i'll take it but uh i hope not we're a lot we're a lot more capable of playing really pretty soccer than we were two years ago. And that was also an extreme situation of questionable fitness because it was the first game out of the pandemic stuffage. Uh true. I think he's gonna have more confidence true. in this team than that. Hmm. Maybe I'm the over optimist at this team. I, I am definitely pumping our team's tires a lot, but if we go back think, to the, the preseason predictions, I was definitely the more pessimistic and you were one of the more optimistic. You weren't Logan optimistic, but you were on the higher end. <laughs> I was not Logan, no. I wasn't on the opening pod. No, but you, you had some thoughts. Well, okay, you gave us some of the thoughts after the um I must have given it the next one or something. Yeah. yeah. But you, you, I mean you weren't yeah, you weren't Logan over the moon. But I was I was also the Eeyore of the group that night. So, um, we've gone through Louisville. We've discussed a little bit that we're going to have, what, what what do you think? It's going to be, what, eight people down there then? Is that the final count as of now? Uh, there's only four that I'm aware of, so I'll say, like, two people will surprise us. Uh, I'll say there's six. Okay, so we'll go six. We're going to have six people there. Hopefully they don't they don't get kicked out in the last ten minutes of the game, <laughs> like Cincinnati. Um, but we are it's now the time of the night where we do the and I I'm going to get someone to make like a little like a little musical interlude for this. It is the Wednesday night West Coast betting preview segment show thing that Logan gave a name to and I don't remember at the moment. Uh, but what we are going to do for tonight, uh, for t- uh, instead of doing the either of the um, the USL matches that are going on right now, and not to do anything else, we're going to celebrate the Champions uh, Concacaf Champions League final, which kicks off at ten thirty uh, against uh, Pumas and Seattle Sounders. So all of our picks are coming from that that game for tonight. And Yak, would you like to kick us off? What uh, what what action are you taking from the uh, 
the CCL final. As the resident Seattle Sounders fan, uh, I acknowledge you're a Sounders that fan. Sound- yes, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, I acknowledge that the run of form that the Sounders are on is not particularly inspiring, but don't think that's that big of a deal. However, winning in Mexico is nigh near impossible for an MLS team. So I'm going to go with a uh, a unit on a draw and two units on both teams to score. Ooh, you're splitting up your, your maximum three units over two bets. Ooh, what? Okay, do you have the prices on those in front of you or... Uh, the draw was like plus two forty five. Um, let's see. And then both teams to scores uh, pretty consistently around minus one twenty. Got it. Uh, Storino, as the as the resident um, non gambler, what the um, what where are you throwing a dart at to see uh, to see what comes up for you? I'm just going to put it at uh, the Pumas with the W, and uh, strictly because I like Puma shoes. No other reason than that. I'm just going to go with a Pumas W. Pumas, uh, they're at uh, minus 105. The draws at uh, plus 255. Uh, Sounders at plus 285. Uh, I uh, I do like that. Both teams' score is actually pretty good. Um no, I think the most obvious, straight up the, the uh, Pumas uh, uh, first goal, first goal Pumas at minus Ooh. 155 going two units for sure. Um, Seattle's if they're gonna have any chance, they're gonna have to crack back at this because um, the home yeah they're just gonna come out and score in the first uh, 15 minutes almost certainly, I think. And then for the people who are the uh, for Logan and I, I'm trying to pull up their uh, oh this is the great best he this put is, anything in there did he this is great podcasting Log- right now L- Logan and Vesty both have a bet on Discord yeah that's what I was trying to pull up right now this is what I get for showing up right as so, we're ready to record so Logan has three units on Seattle which is optimistic and aggressive and Vessi has two units on both teams to score as well yes and i awarded six points to gryffindor that's yes as i pulled up and see that Vesti loves the 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 both teams to score he loves that line so that is our call by the time you see this you're most likely going to already know if those bets hit or not and then uh i'm also making this i'm telling logan this via the podcast since he started this segment, it's his job to actually track all this stuff going forward. <laughs> that seems fair enough, right? Yeah, I agree. it's on him. Beautiful. You, you have enough shift. You have enough shit to uh, track. Yeah, he can. Uh, he can cover the uh, the betting segment. Load management, as they say in the NBA. Damn right. Except we don't take weeks off. We just spread it around a little bit. Uh, head into some some Stu Army news. Storino, you wanted to step up and, and talk about. Th- the all the committees that uh, the Steel Army has has been putting together, we were big on the committees going into 2020. Obviously, some things happened that year. You may have heard about it. Kind of put the the committee stuff uh, on the back burner, trying to to pump them back back up again. And you said this would be the good week to to talk about them. So, um, Storito, the floor is yours. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll take the four for a split second, and I'll try to make it quick, but uh, as exciting as I can be about it. So to quickly run down our committees again, we've got a game day committee, tailgate committee, TIFO, and community committee. Basically, these are just uh, small little groups of people that want to do a little bit more than just be a member of the Steel Army, but are not quite on the level of actually being on the board. So this is kind of your way to step up and do something uh, Steel Army related. Game day, basically, is just kind of setting up and cleaning up the supporter section on game days, putting banners up, flags up, drums, general kind of cleanup of our area, and then, of course, tear down after the game. Um, definitely uh, Saturday with the big crowd. Um, didn't really get kicked off until I got over there, cracked open the uh, storage unit, pulled some stuff out, and then I got some hands helping me carry out a bunch of things. But, uh, you know, just need some people that, are able to help out on a more consistent basis with that. So we're not scrambling to put banners up, you know, minutes before kickoff. So um, that would definitely be helpful tailgate. I mean, Josh obviously kind of has that on lock um, him and Liz do a hell of a job as far as tailgating goes as far as supplies and everything like that. It's pretty good communication and uh, discord. If anybody needs anything on the way down, grab a bag, grab a bag of ice, that kind of thing that that seems to probably be the easiest uh committee to to join and be a part of and be active in um tailgating um we all have a blast we all do a pretty good job of cleaning up and whatnot after the fact um but the two we're really lacking on and it's starting to bum me out a little bit one being tifo um having a you know issue trying to get people rallied in and i mean i'll be the first to say i haven't actually been to a tifo event at any point my tenor with the steel army and uh i think this year i'm gonna have to change that try to get out to help um so definitely want to get some people interested um in painting tifo and if you're you know skilled at all with graphic design we'd love to hear from you um you know maybe we come with with to you with ideas and have you draw something up for us and or you can come to us with ideas of something that you've already designed either way just looking for some people to get more involved with TIFO. Um, definitely having something in mind, maybe not this month, but possibly next month. Um, so if we can get some more people on the TIFO committee, um, we might have some more news to share. I don't know if I can share it quite yet as far as some changes made to TIFO as far as where we might be able to paint TIFO. So I'll just keep that to myself for now. But uh, the other one is the community outreach. Um, that's one I'm part of. Um, I really like being a part of um, Liv is actually kind of the head of the community outreach. Um, she's very active as far as, um, you know, looking out for right now, we're doing some stuff with possibly an animal shelter. Um, she was, you know, definitely doing a good job with his uh, pride raiser. Um, but we need some more people just actually active. Um, we had a meeting maybe two days ago. There was four of us in it. I mean, Discord alone has almost 200 people in there, and for four people to show up to a meeting kind of bums me out. I'd like to at least get 10 to a dozen in there on a regular basis. We only meet up for about a half hour once a month just to chit chat some ideas. And uh, at some point, we want to start pulling the trigger on actually doing some events, whether that be, like I said, uh, you know, something with a animal shelter, pride raiser, you know, possibly just. You know, going and planting trees, goofy stuff like that. Just getting the Steel Army name out there in the community. 
um, you know, outside of just our little bubble at Highmark. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my quick plug on the communities. Um, if you need help trying to join any of them, reach out. Discord is where you can find all the information. I mean, me, myself, uh, shoes or, uh, Josh, we are your, uh, I guess discord i don't know what the title is anymore uh admins i guess uh, if you need help trying to figure out how to get a role so you can get into those things by all means dm me and i'll more than happy to help you get into whatever committee you're looking to join yeah it's well stated uh to kind of follow up on that you know that that game day committee of, of helping set stuff up and, and tear stuff down when you when you get five or six people uh, and other people help usually when they get in the stands, but if, if you're one of those five or, si- five or six first in there, if you can really get that place set up in, in 15 minutes, uh, getting everything out of oh, the sure. container and, and all the banners set up, once you, once you know where everything goes, it's a pretty quick setup and, and tear down. Um, especially once people start walking in, they're, they're more than happy to, to carry some stuff from the storage container over, over to our section. Uh, the, the TFO. I don't, sometimes people think it's a, it's a little daunting. Um, obviously, the design is is one aspect of it. When it comes to actually tracing and painting the design, uh, the tracing is usually done. If you have four people there tracing, you can you can usually bust it out in in an hour, maybe a little over an hour. The painting itself, there are some of those times where you th- you look at the design and you go, "This is going to take all day to paint this." And you get six people there, and the thing is done in two hours or something. And it's not even like a hard two hours. It's a two, two and a half hours of painting and conversation and taking a break and all that kind of stuff. So it's the, the time investment is not maybe as much as you would initially think when you see those, those designs and you, you try to visualize the, the hours that go into it. But with it, you get enough people there all kind of – taking over their kind of one corner of, of the TIFO. Um, it goes pretty fast. And then uh, the, the the community outreach, as he mentioned, there's a lot lot of stuff we could start doing now. Um, everywhere, yeah, from, from city beautification to uh, various uh, social causes. Uh, and it's after us being a group for... You know, now ten years plus, it's it's time for us to to make that leap into doing more things along along those lines. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, and it's a great chance if if you want to get more involved with the Steel Army. Uh, all these committees are a way to get more involved without having to be, you know, maybe two feet jumping all in as being on the board or someone like that has to do. Uh, it's a great way to get involved, uh, meet other people without having to commit too too much time but still having your your voice heard on what we're doing so i would encourage anyone who's who's even just curious about it to reach out to to anyone on the board or just make your presence known on discord and uh and uh trust me when it comes to volunteer organizations when people shows when people show some sort of interest or initiative everyone else is more than happy to point them in the right direction Now the other thing we want to talk about, um, uh, yeah, or you, you want to discuss the uh, the Cincy thing now, or should we save it for later? I could do it now. Yeah, let's do it now. Work. Let's do it now. 
So the Cincy uh, away game in the Open Cup was this past Tuesday, uh, so like a little over a week ago. Uh, as we mentioned, after 120 minutes, the Hounds bow out to Cincy of the First Division 2-0. Uh, there was some video circulating around on the, on the Twitters of, uh, of all the Steel members that went uh, getting the, uh, the early boot from the stadium. Um, there was a lot of uh, kind of rumors and everything about what was going on. Uh, but we did get a statement from FC Cincinnati uh, earlier today. And Yak, do you want to go over like the, the main points of that? So to give you to give everyone context, uh, the Steel Army members, of which there were probably about nine in Cincinnati, got the boot because they allegedly uh, stole a banner that uh, they stole a TIFO that Cincy had made and hung up on something. Um, the banner in question was a big ass sign in black and gold in that that blocky Stegler font with the uh, like the the blanks, the negative space in the middle, and it said "Welcome Yin's Jagos." And at halftime, uh, our band of misfits saw this sign like, hey, that's pretty cool. Let's go get a picture with that. Um, a member of Cincinnati supporters group thought that's not cool and ripped the sign down. At least that's what we had said. Um, the front office of Cincinnati at the time did not see it that way and gave us the boot sometime in like the 70 or 80th minute. Um, there's a statement that was released by the Cincinnati vice president of facilities and the stadium's general manager that basically says, uh, upon reviewing the situation afterwards, <clears throat> it was clear that I did not have all the proper information when I had made the decision to kick the team out, kick the guys out. Given the circumstances, I want to acknowledge the understanding and respect that your group showed to our staff during the match and since, and how much that is appreciated, I would like to invite your group back to TQL Stadium in the future. Um, in addition to admitting that uh, the Cincinnati front office got the facts of the a situation wrong and incorrectly uh, kicked the guys out before even regulation time ended, um, I believe they got their tickets paid for since then. They got their mileage for the drive paid for, and then also uh, 30 racks of beer or something, of which my exact memories of that particular moment is a little fuzzy at the time at the moment but uh yeah since he is trying to right the wrong our guys are innocent god bless the steel army jesse's not getting fired jesse is not getting fired at least not for this not, not today no 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 not today <laughs> someday someday his day will come but not today not for this correct so yeah we are uh, we're gonna post that statement up on on social uh Probably tomorrow we'll get up there and um, we'll we'll see how how that uh, when we post that how it will get a, a tenth of the attention that the uh, that the initial thing got because that's how things work these days. But so on and so forth. A uh, couple of things to the Cincy front office to at least uh, acknowledge they're wrong both soon to be publicly and by giving the guys some 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 love and some extra financial help. Yeah, no, I, it was a real shit thing to happen at the at that moment uh the fact that they're even putting their hands up and say uh that they fucked it um i appreciate it i think as a group we appreciate it would rather never happened in the first place but mm -hmm. um imagine imagine us winning imagine scoring the game winning goal after that and our guys were watching at some bar in the parking the lot or something like that of, yeah that's instead of being at the game that would be absolutely terrible for them correct but 
luckily they didn't have to sit there and take shit after a loss. So maybe in some ways it was not for the worst. A uh, couple other things. Again, Louisville this this Saturday to 7.30 kickoff. The watch party will be at Bulldog. Um, remember, uh, if you're a member, bring your card for the your, for your food discount. Um, I can't remember the percentage off, off the top of my head, but... Uh, Under 15, I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. Um, but bring that. Uh, enough, enough watch parties, and, and, and you've basically already paid for your, your membership on the year. Uh, and then the next home game is going to be on May 7th, 7 p.m. at Birmingham. Um, all the normal things apply. 4 o'clock kicks off uh, tailgate. Matches at 7. Uh, Thunderstruck at 6.30 or so. All that good stuff. And who knows, maybe another 5,000 plus through the uh, through the turnstiles. That'd be, that'd be fucking awesome. Um, last thing before we wrap it up. Uh, Nisa kicked off their season a couple weeks ago. And they are already going through, um, uh, if the USL of the last couple of years was, was a garage league, uh, Nisa is something worse than, than the garage league. It's the, uh, it's the shed out back, uh, league, uh, two big stories that uh, emerged this past week. One out of Syracuse, the other out of Rochester, um, yeah, which one do you want to go through first? You want to give the the Syracuse or the Rochester story? Well, I want to do the Rochester one first, simply because uh, that's not Nisa, actually. Oh, that's that right. That's is, M- that's MLS Next Pro. My bad. That is that is the Next Pro team, the team formerly known as the Rhinos. Um, yeah, let's start with them, and then then we'll we'll shit on Nisa next. So Rochester tried to host their first game this past weekend, and about four hours before the, the gates were going to open, the team released a series of tweets saying that they were going to not admit individual ticket holders because their stadium seating at the uh, at the community college that they play is uh, not ready. Um, this was after they apparently were selling tickets for the section in question up until like the day before. And somehow they didn't decide to that they didn't they didn't warn anybody that this was a possibility. They didn't look at this and was like, "Uh oh, this is bad. Maybe we shouldn't do this." Until four hours before kickoff. Uh, if and considering this is their first game, imagine being a first-time ticket buyer, uh, and being being shut away because the team couldn't figure out stands. Allegedly, the stands in question are. Uh, <clears throat> we're structurally unsound because like the ground underneath the, the section was too soggy from rain or snow or something. Uh, except this news article I have pulled up from uh, a newspaper in Rochester says that April has been drier than normal from rain. And the last time there was snow was March 29th. Um, so the team is full of it. And the, the rhinos that were dead, I think are, closer to being dead again than not actually tweeted a couple hours ago that their game this upcoming friday was also rescheduled which they were also hosting not sure if that has any tie into the uh sinking seats but uh i just happened to see that on twitter yeah it sounds like those two things are going to be connected and they're, they're doing this big uh this big hold their hands up and, and say they screwed up but it, you know it's one of those if, if you say screw you screw up loud enough somehow it's supposed to forgive uh, them really screwing this up because 
yeah, they really screwed it up. Um, so now their next their next home game is now multiple weeks away. Um, and so what's supposed to be the the shining star of this MLS Next Pro in terms of what was a team that you can actually market some stuff around? Uh, they're swinging and missing pretty 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 bad right now. Um, this bright spot being there in the they've made it to the next round of the of the Open Cup, but um, yeah, so far in terms of of doing stuff that's going to get some some good media play with the whole Vardy thing and um, kind of you know the rebirth of a of a storied franchise, they um. Not so fast so far. Uh, so, with that said, I mean, I I want that team to succeed because it, in some ways, is still the Rhinos, which I have a little bit of a soft spot for. I think the way they're going about it's pretty pretty shit, and so far everything MLS Next Pro has been pretty terrible. Um, just the the commitment to that terrible font itself is. Is just indicative of how they don't want you to take that league seriously, and I don't know if how if you are the Rhinos or some other independent team that joins that league in the future, how you're supposed to sell tickets um, to that when it's just it's it's being run so haphazardly. Um, but speaking of haphazard leagues, uh, move on to the 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 Syracuse uh, story. Uh, I'll give the quick overview if you want, and then um, you can kind of color in the details if you guys want to do that after that. So the new Syracuse team, I want to say it's what, AC Syracuse Pulse or something like that? Got it. Sounds right. Oh, yep. I did get it right. Them and their, their absolutely horrific logo. Um, we're unable to travel to uh, the Michigan Stars for a game. And then it came out uh, after it was announced that the game was off and it was going to be a forfeit that they were unable to finance the trip or something to that effect. Um, it's a brand new club uh, in the league, brand new club in general, and they're three weeks, four weeks into it, and they're already having financial issues. Um, and this is, again, one of the, the new clubs helping to prop up this league uh, after a number of teams uh, went away, most notably uh, Detroit moving to USL, and then Chicago backed out, uh, the Amsterdam club backed out through a famous set of, set of tweets before the season started. Um, guys, that t-shirt. They, they canceled your t-shirt Sorry, order, right? Yeah. Oh, bastards. Uh, let's just take it this way. What, um, how confident are you in, in Nisa surviving? Let's see one more year, three more years and five more years. Starino. One more year, probably. Three more year, probably not. Five more years, they will not even be rebranded. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to those clubs. They're probably just going to end up joining, you know, championship or League One. League One. USL. I think it's going to be a lot of those league. Yeah, and, but then you, League you One. Look but at... there might be a couple fill in the blanks for the two team losses that or that or League One teams step up either way, but. I think next year they'll probably survive. The following year they'll they'll kind of fill the gaps for us that we'll lose when we lose the two teams, and we'll we'll see that next year. But we have what two new teams coming next year, right? I mean, in theory, Queensboro, but they've been pushing off that their introduction for the past two years. 
Right. And then no one knows what, what the old Austin, if they're going to go to Fort Worth, what, what that play is. Yeah. Um, and then Iowa, I think, is still another year off from that. Um, Yak, how, how confident are you in the future of Nisa? I think they'll get another year in just because they, they, they just need to get to eight teams. It does not matter how serious those teams are. Because it's not. It was not a surprise okay. that Syracuse was was full of it. Like people knew. Like there were so many red flags during the off season. It's like, is this Syracuse team for real, or are they just kind of some like set up just to get an eighth team a shell on the company field to meet to meet D three requirements? They could probably do it one more time, but at some point, like they're not going to be able to. Con- they're not going to get fool anybody else to 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 get in on this thing and the league is run by a bunch of meatheads and and that's like made half the teams like unmarketable to like USL should this league fold. And the other half, like aren't that appealing for unfortunately reasons outside of their control and in, in their defense. There are a couple decent clubs that like, I, I hope get a home when this NISA thing probably inevitably goes under finally. And for one reason or another, I don't, I'm not sure if USL is going to accept any of them. I mean the most the league, most attractive team in one. there is uh, is Chattanooga, Chattanooga. But they the territory rights with the Red Wolves and that whole you know obvious uh, issue between the two Chattanooga teams and why the Red Wolves were started in the first place um, almost makes that untenable. And then in theory, the, the Cosmos are still a part of of NISA, but who the hell knows what uh, what Rocco's doing with that team now? And then everything else in there is like. There's not much there you actually would want. Maryland you know? is actually quite say well the oh the Bobcats. You know oh, what? Yeah. That's that, that might be like Bobcats the other... would actually be probably yeah. In my opinion, Bobcats would probably be the best team to actually or the easiest team to slide over given the Chattanooga situation. But I'd be curious what if there's actually still a desire to get a a, a USL team in Mar- in uh, in Baltimore. That's the one thing that would that would hold. Uh, the Bobcats back is that they're only like 45 minutes away from Baltimore. Yeah. If how yeah. serious, how serious is that Baltimore? You know, push? you, you know, USL like rubs their hands together waiting for the right person to come along to put a team in Baltimore. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, we are, uh, we're crushing the hour 15, uh, artificial limit tonight. So we're gonna, we're gonna try to wrap this bad boy up and, um, we'll quickly go through the, uh, what did we learn tonight? Uh, Starino, what what did you learn tonight? Uh, tonight didn't learn much. What I learned today is that uh, Bologna beat Inter Milan, uh, putting my AC Milan in a very favorable position to win the Scudetto. So um, they didn't play today, but uh, it was still a great day for me. Nice. So Happy that was what you. I learned today. Happy yeah, for appreciate you, man. that. That's good. Yeah, what you on the road? We're on the I road. Learned, oh, sorry. I the, learned that the team. No, go ahead. We're not dead yet. <laughs> I learned that the team that runs Cincinnati, whereas they might be incompetent in terms of building an actually competitive soccer team, uh, are nice people and are willing to uh, forgive us and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accept their mistakes and their faults. Nice. Uh, I learned that I am not the only person who who has learned the secret of Highmark Stadium of when the one concession line is full, there's a good chance <laughs> one or two away is wide open. I thought I was the only person to pick up on that, but apparently not. 
and that's a shame. The secret's out. Now everybody. everybody knows. Yeah, and then the, the, our secret our secret bar is is has gone away. I heard. Uh, well, yes. I knew it was. Oh yeah. yeah. But it might be coming back. Who knows? Maybe if they keep getting five thousand people, it might be needed. You're gonna need to bring the secret bar back, was, and then keep that was it my secret. Fa- that was my favorite secret bar. It it was everyone's secret bar. It was everyone's favorite secret bar. So much of a secret that they they stopped using it. Son of a bitch. Well, we will uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. I hope to see everyone either at Bulldog or down to Louisville. In any case, um, big old game come up this weekend. Go Hounds! We'd like to thank the beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash, splash, uh, slash Space Babies BGH. <laughs> I need to actually write out the slash going forward. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at cormpgh at gmail.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.